Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. It's cranked and ranked, back for another artist discography ranking. If no, you is... like to thank y'all, cranked and ranked. Ooh, I, I like just, that. I thought, thought of that on the fly. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you who are new to this podcast slash YouTube show, we are a couple of blokes. One from the U.S., one couple from, of gazes. The, from the U.K. <laughs> I did this even though we'll be next to each other on the thing. But yeah. right, anyway, um, and we uh, talk about music. We rank artist discographies and other sort of lists. And uh, it's a very lengthy discussion about the music, which is really the most important part. And normally we do rock and metal and related music like that. But occasionally we dive into the world of hip-hop because we're both fans and um usually it's like when a when an artist comes along that we think of they're like man that would just be great to talk about them and that's when we end up throwing one in and so today is absolutely one of those i think probably one of the most interesting hip-hop groups ever and uh we're going to be talking about outcast and ranking their albums from least good to most good, which is only six, seven mm-hmm. if you if you consider Speaker Box Love Below two different albums, but um, we're not in this particular case. But yeah, we're going to be ranking those and having a good old discussion about the uh, boys, Big Boy and Andre Three Thousand from Outcast. And as usual, your host Old Head with me as always, Eddie Motherfucking Sparks. Hey, uh. Oh, hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we are, uh, we're going to, this is, God, we, every time we take a week off, I feel like I've, like I've disengaged somehow and like I'm not quite, I'm a train that's not quite on the track, hmm. you know, and, and then I, and then all of a sudden it smooths out and then we're good to go again. Be careful. Don't, don't derail. The government will set you on fire and make things worse. Is that a new, is that a news item? I li- I ignore so much news these days just to, Hon- to for honestly, my own sanity. It, it's <laughs> like it, I stopped watching a lot of the news, but every now and again a story will captivate me. And I saw a, an aerial photo of this quote unquote controlled burn that they're doing to on this. Have you heard about this? The um, Ohio, I think it's Ohio train derailment. Yeah, and there was like yeah. chemicals on it or something. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like vinyl chloride or something. And they thought, ah, shit, uh, to stop it seeping into the ground or some shit, we'll just uh, we'll set it on fire, and that will just dissipate it into the atmosphere. Uh, only thing they didn't take into account is that the giant black plume of smoke <laughs> commingled yeah. with the cloud cover above it. So there is an aerial photo of just cloud cover and this giant black spot of chemical smoke. And, like, I feel so bad for everyone living there because, like, yeah. I saw someone, you know I, know, I know we don't usually talk about this this sort of thing. We're more of a music 
focus thing, but I saw a video of a woman pouring milk into her morning cup of joe, and it sizzled. Holy shit. Okay, that's when you just I would just leave. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not it, staying at, around. At that point, that that is a glass of instant cancer right there. Like Jesus. And it, that's so interesting because I literally just several months ago watched this movie on Netflix, this brand new movie, which is about <laughs> a airborne toxic event that happens when a truck and a a train collide or something like that. Horrible um, timing. Yeah, I don't remember the name <laughs> of that movie, but it was it was a very a very difficult watch. It's got mm. that guy that who played who played the the bad guy in that Star Wars reboot movie. Um, oh, uh, uh, the dude that played Kylo Ren. Yes, that like, guy. I, uh, I like him. Shit, what's he what's he called? He's a, he's in an ad that I literally saw the other day, and he says his own name. Like you did it, me. <laughs> Shit! Sorry, bro. You're not. Your name's. I, don't, I mean, he's good in, in the movie, but I don't even remember what the movie was called because it was a frustrating movie because it's it's based off of like an absurdist play. So it's supposed yeah. to have points where it doesn't make any sense what's going on or it derails into something else. No pun intended. Mm. But as a movie and not just following a story of a movie. Halfway through the movie, I go, oh, they just abandoned what the fucking movie was about? Okay, now I'm out. <laughs> like, it's literally, it literally is like, it seems like a fascinating movie, and then it becomes like, oh, I get it, it's art. And then, right. uh, and it, it just, it loses me. But it wasn't bad, and, and that guy, whose name I can't remember, was was really good in it. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting, and I'm like, oh, shit, there's a, there's literally an airborne toxic event happening. Yeah. And um, I, mean, I saw, I saw like a headline about the train wreck, but I'm like, I don't want to read into that because it's just, well, that, you know. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things that's like, oh, that's awful and depressing. I don't yeah. need that. But like an important thing I saw like highlighted was like the emphasis mainstream news coverage was putting on the like UFO Chinese spy balloon stuff. <sighs> right. Right. Yeah. And it's like there there's a dang there's a dang camera in the sky. And it's like you want, might want to look over there where there's a big old plume of vinyl chloride being poured into or, the sky. Or like, just look anywhere around you where there are cameras all the time filming all sorts of shit all the time that they could just get anyway. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like, you know. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why we're doing this. We're, we're sending this to China so they can learn about good music. So um, <laughs> hello, everyone in China. Um, all the officials over there. We're going to talk about outcasts. You're going to learn all about mm. the great American hip-hop group outcast from the south from atlanta georgia anyway atlanta on the map as usual we're gonna start by talking about where this group came into our lives and for me it was pretty much the same time for most people which was in 1994 i saw the music video for players ball on mtv and i wasn't immediately impressed because unfortunately around that time gangster rap had become like a Halloween costume. So literally every day there'd be a new group that you didn't know. And their songs were always like drive-bys and the gangster lean and like literally (laughs) every fucking song. And so it got to the point where they came out and they didn't necessarily have all of the the tropes and stuff, but they were close enough to it that I just went, okay, it's another, another group. (laughs) Um, But you know, 
it's like the saturation of just like a shitload of hair, hair metal bands in like 89 1990 and i love that but to to say that it wasn't overpopulated would be a massive understatement yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um which is but you know it's obviously that it's not the first genre of music that became oversaturated it, it happens all the yeah. time but at that point it, it it started to get really difficult to to weed through the ones that were that seemed very much like they were manufactured and the the songwriters were like look you gotta say 40 you gotta say uh gangsta you gotta you gotta pour out some of your 40 for your homie somewhere in the video mention a drive-by it's like all these you know <laughs> and so uh, but then there were the groups that were actually really great and uh, and and outcast was one of those groups but the what go ahead. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just gonna say, yeah, you know, I, sh I should just like record like a G funk beat and then just read the game manual for GTA San Andreas, and that yeah. would pretty much be it. There you go. Press X to jump. I don't know, press square to jump. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, but uh, but my my actual like relationship with them as being a fan st didn't start until their third album Aquimini and that started because I remember being at a late night diner and they were playing the album just on the overhead speakers and this is one of those like post drinking like the bars had closed we went yeah. to, to a diner and I'm just listening to this shit I'm all like this is fucking great who is this and like it's Outcast. I'm like fuck yeah so I got into Outcast around that point with Equimini, which I think was 98 or something like that. Um, so how, how about you? Like you, this is a group that, that, you know, they were still relatively young when you were born. So, you know, it's a little bit yeah. similar. Well, you know, I'm about the same age as Equimini, but I yep. distinctly remember my first exposure to them was, God, I could have been like, eight you know seven or eight and i saw the music video for hey ya and i thought it was oh. really cool yeah and it it took me a shockingly long amount of time to realize that everyone wearing green was andre 3000 <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> but um you know that that song and a couple others you know i remember hearing growing up um and you know i i was actually into hip-hop shortly before i got into metal yeah um and then of course I, I dove deep into that and like a few years later i i dipped my toes back in and because the thing is back when i was at school if if you if you liked any hip-hop you were a chav so i kind of like <laughs> kept it to myself a little bit you know yeah yeah it was b bad enough i liked metal so i was an outcast of one of them so i was like uh well, ah outcast <laughs> nice. hey uh, yeah but um also, I remember hearing something that um, I don't know how true this is, but uh, Outcast originally wanted to be called the Misfits, but they were like, "Oh, that's already taken," so they went and looked up a synonym and they went for Outcast instead. I did um, not know that, but that's that's fascinating. Yeah, I, I I don't know how true that is. That might just be a uh, urban legend, but uh, I remember hearing it somewhere. I, I can't remember where. Interesting. Um, I, I, I mean, I do yeah. like the, the outcast with the K. It's uh, it's 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 a cool name. Um, mm. But yeah, man, that the, hey, ya, we'll get into that when we get to the album. But hey, ya was like the song of the year when it, it came yeah. out. Like, I, I remember everybody loved it. But I remember like being at 
you probably don't have a taco cabana there in in england but taco cabana here is when it comes to fast mexican food it is the best yeah it's not it's not like it's a fast food joint but it's the foods i mean to me is good and we were there late one night and literally just some random dude just yelled out, what's cooler than being cool? And everybody in the whole restaurant went, ice, ice cold. cold. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's when you know your song is massive <laughs> when just a yeah. restaurant full of people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we've got six albums to rank. And the weird thing is that they're, they're, they're occasionally because you know, Outkast haven't done an album since 2006 and they are mm. effectively broken up. But there's always these little things like they'll do, you know, they did Coachella and some other stuff. They did, they've done shows. Yeah. But there's always this thing, especially if you follow them on social media, where all of a sudden they start posting stuff every day, like just different pictures of, of Outkast. And it makes you go, is, is something coming? And then all of a sudden yeah. you won't see anything for months. And you're like, okay, f- f- psych, never mind. Um, but uh, so it's always this thing of like, is there going to be anything new? Are they completely done? And and we'll get into whether or not that would be a good or bad thing. Like, did they leave it off in a good spot? And do we need more? Or is this per, is it a perfect discography? Do they do? Is their legacy pretty fucking solid? And they can just mm. go on and do whatever they want with the rest of their lives. So um, so yeah, we're ranking six albums, and as usual, I throw it over to Eddie Motherfucking Sparks to nice. start us off with his number six Outcast album. Okay, so my number six Outcast album, judging by, you know, trolling other various, uh, you know, lists and stuff, I hardly, this won't be a controversial pick. Uh, I've gone for Idlewild. Same here. Uh, we, nice. We're matchy on our number six. And, you know, this is, this is the movie soundtrack one. Um, it, there's a definite emphasis on, like, the, the old-timey swing jazz sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, and you know, by all accounts, this isn't a bad album by any means. It's, it's just, nah. it's just the least amazing I feel of their discography. You know, um, yeah. You know, right out of the gate, the the intro. You know, tell me this is a movie soundtrack without telling me this is a movie. <laughs> oh, hang on, wait a minute. They do. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, my EO is a catchy ass song. Peaches. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, there are going to be a shitload of brackets moments today. Yep. Okay, here we go. Yep. Peaches. Featuring Sleepy Brown and Scar. Uh, cool vibes on this one. Uh, Idlewild Blue. Don't you worry about me. Very nice. I like that bluesy riff. Uh, infatuation. Interlude. If I had a quid for every interlude I'm about to talk about in this episode, I wouldn't have <laughs> needed to go to work today. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean that's 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 a hip hop thing. There's a whole lot of yeah. skit, skits and interludes and things like that. Not not on all of them, but a lot, yeah. a, a large majority of hip hop albums. This is definitely the highest quantity of of them we've just done in the past, though. So yeah, uh, Morris Brown. Uh, where sorry, where was I? I had a brain fart there. In uh, to you, feet Cujo Goody is a sexy track. Morris Brown, featuring Scar and Sleepy Brown. The chorus is nice on this one. Uh, Chronometrophobia, cool song. Uh, the Train, featuring Scar and Sleepy Brown. 
really like this one. Life is like a musical, no bootleg DVDs, which is a which is an interlude. Hollywood Divorce, featuring Snoop Dogg and Lil Wayne. Always happy to hear Snoop Dogg on anything, regardless. You know, he could show up on a Metallica album and I'd be fucking down. Um, I mean, he fucking did. He did. What, yeah. what's, what did he do? Sad But True on that one? M- MTV icons. On the MTV Sad But True. Hey, I'm your life. <laughs> I I like that so much. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I really want that, there to, I want them to, when, when they put out that, that uh, Metallica blacklist with all the different cover versions. Yeah. I, some of it I liked, some of it I didn't care for, but I'm I kept thinking, I just want like a group of like straight up hip hop artists to do Metallica covers. I don't want yeah. I don't want some indie rock person to do it. I I want yeah. it's just I feel like that would be fun and just really get you know Snoop and Jay Z and all these different people on board. Have be real, do like holier than now. Like what, no yeah. mod the crap rolls out your mouth again. Like oh, that'd that, be so oh, that, good. That even sound that yeah, yeah. If you do that the right way, that's a that's a hip hop song. That's a good idea. Yeah. Or Outcast. <laughs> Outcast. The brain be on is board. still gelatin. <laughs> let's get let's get Outcast back together just to do a Metallica cover for for our our cover album that we're putting together. So yeah, hell yeah, we'll be the ones that do it finally. G <laughs> funk tribute to Metallica. Be fucking I mean, I'm sweet. A, I'm, a, I'm okay with that. Have uh, have do like uh, wherever I may roam, but like instead of a sitar, it's the G funk whistle. Well, you didn't you do that? What was the one that you did that you played for me? Oh, I've I've got a few. I've got a few in the They're works. They're fucking I, great. I did uh, the middle section of Master of Puppets. Yeah, blackened like a slowed down blackened breakdown one. I did. Mm-hmm. You know what? I might put that. I might put one of these in, like the episode at the end. Just oh, yeah. maybe if 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 I can find it. Okay. Uh, uh, and and I did a for whom the bell tolls one as well. I have to find those because they're right. pretty fucking sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, where was where was I at? Um, Zora interlude. Call the law. Feet. Janelle Monet. Go off, Queen. This was fucking good. Uh, Bamboo and Cross interlude. Bamboo feature. Bamboo is the son of um, Big Boy. Big Boy, yeah, yeah, and it. I I think that's really cute. There's there's one on um, Speakerbox as well. That's that's yeah. It's just just nice to hear. You know, it's kind of wholesome moment. Yeah. Um, bug bug face fun track makes no sense at all. Is a really jazzy one. Uh, In your dreams featuring Killer Mike and Janelle Monae. Uh, cool song. PJ and Rooster, more swingy, jazzy vibage. Mutron Angel, featuring Wild Peach. That Hammond organ is nice. I like that. Or is it? I, is it a Hammond organ, or is that the Hammond organ a bit more distorted? Can't no, remember. That, I think it's a Hammond organ in that song. Yeah, because yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I'm I just trying to get things right. Greatest show on earth, featuring Macy Gray. Uh, You're beautiful interlude. Oh, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> when I look at, when I look in your eyes, not to be confused with the 1992 ballad by Firehouse, um, <laughs> <laughs> "Dying to Live" is a moody penultimate track, and a bad note is this big old guitar soloy thing at the end. Yeah. All in all, I enjoyed it. However, not as much as the five above it, and I'm going to hand it over to you to bounce off of that. So the, so Idlewild, there was a big buildup to this for me because I, I was a really big Outcast fan. 
And so I was looking forward to this and I remember that I I heard I got to hear the album early because at that point I was writing album reviews for a website. And so uh. I got the album several weeks in advance and then listened to it and did my review, which actually wasn't a very nice review. I gave it basically like a 5.5 out of 10. Um, oh. And it's at, it's actually on the internet, so you could look it up. Look up um, Outcast Idlewild Reviews, Stephen Ivey. You'll find it, and you can, wow. go, you can go read it. But um, I was so disappointed in the album that I never saw the movie. Like, I just... Wow. I was so bummed that I didn't love this album that I was like... And, and, you know, and then the reviews started coming out for the movie and I go, ah, oh, I'm probably not going to like this. And I just don't, I don't want to see it. I still haven't seen it. I would, I'd like to one day see it, but I just, I keep, I put it off. Cause I'm just like, what if it's really bad? And I don't, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that for them. Um, and like in, on the soundtrack, most of the tracks are not apparently not even in the movie. So, you know, some mm. of them are, but then there's some classic outcast that's also in the movie. But the reason why it was such a big disappointment is because I feel like outcast when it comes to me as like a, a fan of an artist, they were doing things exactly as I would love them to do it because their sound had continued to expand and become this unique thing that sounded like nobody else. And then just when they had gotten at their biggest, then they did this massive double album you know, where they each did their own album. I'm like, fuck yeah. And then the next announcement was a fucking movie. And I'm just like, fuck yes. This is <laughs> like, literally it was just like, they were to me on a trajectory to just be the, these out of this world, famous, huge, influential hip hop artists, which they are. But then I heard the album and I went, this is fine. But the idea of it and the, what they were trying to do with incorporating the different styles of music into this, it, the idea was much better than the finished product in my opinion. Yeah. And there's so much of it that just isn't very engaging. Like the on, on repeat listens, things just sort of start to fall away about the album. And some of the songs seem a little bit half baked, but I guess, you know, if it's a soundtrack, technically it's not really that big of a deal. But the hmm. thing that, is so interesting to me is listening to this album again. Now it's like, you can tell that so much work went into this album. Yeah. And it almost to me feels like for lack of a better description, so much work going into a product that's only 50% finished. Yeah. But then it's also entirely too long at the same time. It's like, <laughs> so it's really frustrating because it's got, it's standout tracks and it's really cool moments. And there's so much about it that I just want to like, but there's also so much about it that, that I just go, if I'm being honest, I don't want to listen to this. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's for when it comes to outcast, they've got every other album they did that I would rather listen to aside from this one. So it's not awful, but in the story of outcast, I think that it would do them a great service to just get back together for one more album and just blow everybody's minds just once, one more time. Just come, yeah. you know, both of them together. Cause that would be, that would be fascinating now them. Cause like, you know, this we're talking almost 20 years later. Yeah. And 
if they get back together, older, wiser, probably, you know, much more in tune with the sound that they would want to put together and, and just throw out something new and just close the fucking book on it, then maybe Idlewild would seem a little bit more like that moment in their career where they just were a little bit too ambitious for what they actually had to offer at the time. And then maybe that'll end up making it a, a more enjoyable trap chapter in their career. Cause that, cause as, as it stands as an ending, it's, it feels so much like a Idlewild. Oh, nah. All right. Well, bye. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, so it kind of bums me out. But it's not bad. It's it's definitely not bad. But it but it very easily went to number six on my list and yours. And um, so yeah, that's our number six, Idlewild from two thousand six. It did, did make it did make me laugh. Was it? There, there's a list I saw. Like I, I trolled a bit, like Reddit, having a look at you know people's you know takes on the discography, and I saw one guy like do a. a a six point ranking and it went you know one two three four five six every album is fucking great idle wild i saw i saw an article recently i think it was rolling stone that like did like truly awful albums by great artists and they listed idle wild on it i'm like okay no that's not there are it's actual, nowhere near awful. Fuck. No, but they also they also put fucking Saint Anger on there too, just because. So that leads me to believe that like Rolling Stone is now like mid forties year old dudes who are just trying to be relevant and they're like, what are the albums that people say are bad? Let's put those on there. Why is it bad? <laughs> I don't know. I just read it on the internet a whole bunch of times. Put it in a list. It's like a it's like a really negative version of the member berries from South Park where they're like member Star Wars I member member Saint Anger member ping 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 I member and it's like dude just shut the fuck up yeah so <laughs> write so something I, new <laughs> I, Idlewild does not belong on a truly awful albums list that is not, not but Rolling all, Stone but has has been out of touch with music f- since the beginning of their publication (laughs) yeah there's been so many amazing albums that whoever whatever schmuck they had fucking writing for them was just like actually not very good i prefer the new joan baez album and i'm like okay go fuck yourself i remember reading like the the rolling stone 500 greatest Mm -hmm. albums list or something and when it when it became just a and this is not by any means me slagging off the beatles but when it became a fucking Beatles circle jerk in like seven of the top ten spots, I was like, "Oh fuck off!" Oh, but you know? now, but now I don't know if you've seen like, it recently, but the past several years, now they just arbitrarily throw in hip hop albums really high up where they don't belong. So it's like <laughs> ab- above Abbey Road, here's a Jay Z album. I'm like, "Fuck no, 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 no!" Jay Z is amazing. None of thing, n- nothing he did goes above Abbey Road. Come on. <laughs> but it's, but they throw them in there because they're going to be like, see, we're hip guys. Here's some hip hop thrown in and some other stuff that's like current. Hey, fellow kids, would you like a vape? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, so yeah, that was uh, that was number six, Idlewild. Moving on to your number five, Outcast album. Are we? I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't see us matching up all the way here. Hmm. But. It could be a surprise. You never know. 
Well, I, you know, from here on in, I enjoyed most of of everything I heard enough. You know, so much so, like, I don't think Idlewild will be an all-the-way-through listen again. However, there were, you know, at least, you know, four or five tracks on there that stood out enough for me to save them. Um, And this next one coming up... um, which is their most commercially successful and largest project with Speakerbox, The Love Below. Okay. Um, so this this is my number five spot. I have my reasons, but mm-hmm. I also completely understand why it is as massive as it is because the stuff on here that's fire is just a fucking inferno. But, yeah. um, you know, it's the most commercially successful record on this list. It's the one with Hey uh, on it. Um, without further ado, let's just jump right in. Um, intro does what it says. Speaker uh, box. Get, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, ghetto music. There is Ugh. something almost prog about this song. Like, the changes in it, I'm like... Yeah. It, like, damn! Yeah, is this they, fucking they, Rush? The <laughs> yeah. first time I heard that track, just the the actual, like the chorus part, I guess if you want to call it a chorus, I was just like, this is like nothing they've ever done before. Like, how could this song get any cooler? And then it cuts to the halftime with the feeling yeah. good, feeling great. I'm just like, Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, it literally <laughs> went from being like an amazing album opener to a mind blowing album opener. So, yeah. You know, yeah, there's so many cool parts in it. Uh, unhappy uh, flow. Uh, the the flow on this song reminds me of Snoop at points, and I love that sort of laid back kind of feel. Yeah. Um, Bowtie featuring Sleepy Brown and uh, am I saying this right? Jazz Far. I, I sound like a dweeb. Nah, right you're, probably, you're probably right. I don't know that. There, there are I some, enjoy there... the music of this Jazz Far fellow. There are some um, artists that they have as as features that I never heard of again, and so I don't know their names. <laughs> so. Either way, it's cool stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the Way You Move, featuring Sleepy Brown. Uh, those yeah. horns, me likey. Yeah. Uh, the, the Rooster, not to be confused with the 1992 song by Alice in Chains, uh, but this song is a lesson in building tension in a rap song. There is, like, an anxiety to this song. Like, it's a cool one. It's not yeah. unpleasant to listen to, but it's like, where's this going? If This feels like it's going to go off the rails any second, but I love it. Yeah. Um, Bust, featuring Killer Mike. Love the vibe on this one. War is a cool song. Church. Church has a weird little funky beat on it. Um, Bamboo, which is an interlude. This was really cute. You know, yeah. it's significantly younger bamboo on this song and it's it's really cute i love the part where he goes like motherfucker it's yeah. just like, <laughs> uh but yeah tomb of the boom featuring concrete big gap and ludicrous this mm-hmm. song fucks like straight up <laughs> yeah emac is this pitch shifted interlude knowing me likey flip flop rock featuring killer mike and jay-z cool stuff Mm-hmm. interlude it's you know just a little hyping up the album spot um reset featuring kudo goody and CeeLo green love the smooth like melismatic female vocals though whenever they pop up you know mm-hmm. um you know the boy is an interlude uh last call is nice bow tie 
postlude. That's interesting. I've not seen one mm. of those before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, you know, if you'll pardon the pun, puts a nice bow on speaker box. Yeah. Uh, and then the love below, which is the intro to Andre 3000's half of this record. Um, love hater is a straight up jazz song. So already coming in, like, you know, big boy stayed pretty true to the hip hop roots. Yeah. But, Andre 3000's taken taking it to strange new places um, <laughs> yeah l- uh, where, where was I love hate a god interlude head don't count damn right fucking <laughs> fucking <laughs> um, happy valentine's day fuck that valentine's day spread gee I wonder what this guy is talking about <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> where are my panties yeah i got some inner monologue stuff going on uh yeah. prototype is a sexy song she lives in my lap this guy's horny uh feet rosario dawson weird little funky beat on this one too mm-hmm. hey yeah uh, goes without saying that this song is a generational anthem at the time of writing this hey yeah uh, currently sits at 1 billion 16 million 213,799 streams on Spotify alone. Just on Spotify. <laughs> Only on Spotify. So it's, it, you know, it, it, to call this song a cultural leviathan is apt. Um, it's it, like, it's just a, it's just a shame that it didn't it didn't do uh, Nirvana and 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 you know, influence like tons of artists to do outcast style stuff because it didn't yeah. like, I was just like, Oh, it'd be so great. If it's used. And these people start just making this sort of different, unique, quirky music. And it didn't happen. Nah. So, all right. But at least we've got, Hey, yeah. I mean, it, that's, that's one of those quote unquote, um, everybody's heard it. Yep. Uh, over, you know, overplayed songs that, I, I don't get sick of it. You know, there's some songs that are immune to the overplay, and I think Hey Ya is one of them. Um, I, I, do, do, I, I don't know. You probably don't remember this because you were a, um, a little kid at the time, but uh, the song came out and became a massive hit, and there was actually a statement from Polaroid saying, actually, you don't shake Polaroids. You're supposed <laughs> to just let them dry. Don't shake them. <laughs> That's amazing. When a company has to do damage yeah. control as They're a result, like, don't shake a Polaroid song. picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that ju- just that one, <laughs> that one Polaroid CEO hears this on the radio. He's like, "Oh, fuck!" We've been trying <laughs> to tell people for years, you don't shake Polaroid <laughs> pictures, and here comes Andre three thousand. Everybody's shaking them. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, you got Rose's hilarious chorus. Fucking love I, it. I also I know the music like video. The thing that you shit don't stink. Yeah. Lead a little bit closer. Yeah. Roses really smell like poo poo. The fact that that is a line in a song. Yeah. That goes as hard as it does. It like roses really smell like poo poo. Yeah. Deep. There's a there, there's a lot in that song that I really love, but the music yeah. video the music video is so much fun because it's like the high school 
play happening and it's yeah. being done by the love below crew and then halfway through the video the speaker box crew crashed the party and they're like speaker box and they're like the love below and i'm like okay this is that is perfect like marketing Genius. for that album and it's an absolute blast of a video and i just like that that song's a banger i fucking love that song agreed um good day good sir is a little interlude um Behold a Lady is is awesome source. Pink and Blue, awesome beat on this one. Total vibage mm-hmm. going on. Love in War is a, you know, peace, peace on Earth type song. Yep. She's Alive is a smooth, jazzy one. Uh, Dracula's Wedding is a bluesy, rocky one. you got the letter. It's cool. Uh, My Favorite Things is a wild jazz techno remix of, you know, My Favorite Things. Yeah. Uh, Take Off Your Cool, featuring Nora Jones, is a chill one. Vibrate, funnily enough, is a viber. Uh, and <laughs> we close out on a song by the name of A Day in the Life of Benjamin Andre. This album, or this double album, rather, is awesome. Yeah. But as a result of its kind of, you know, big, bloated nature... There's so much to, you know, dive into that, like, I feel like once you've been through it the first time around, I'd probably, like, axe all the interludes unless they, like, kind of really build up to a song. And, you know, it's just one of those things where it's it's such a massive album, it it kind of feels like a commitment to to listen to it, you know? Wouldn't it it be awesome if somebody took the album... And took yeah. out the tracks that shouldn't be there and then mashed it. They slashed those tracks and then mashed it together into one fucking amazing album. Wouldn't it be great if somebody did that? Yeah, I wonder who's going to rise to the occasion to perform such a feat. And yeah, and I wonder, it would be really nice if we saw them do it, you know, next week. You know, hmm. that would be, that'd be really cool. So that maybe would. maybe it'll happen. I don't know. But um yeah. Anyway, that's not my number 5. Uh, hmm. but I agree with a lot of what you you said. I have criticisms about that album and it, it's a really odd one because it's higher up for me, but it's one of those albums that there's a lot of criticisms but my praises kind of completely overshadow those criticisms. Which is and fair. so, well, we'll get there though, because my number five is uh, their debut album, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music from mm-hmm. 1994. And cool. really, if I had to, if I could just do a really short review, why is this number five? Because out of all their albums, it's the one that seems the least outcast. You know, it's hmm. um, there. It's very of its time. It's very 1994, yeah. only with like a more southern flavor to it. And I feel like the outcast sound is not fully formed yet. Like they're at this point, I, if I read it, if, if I remember what I read, they had only known each other for a couple years at that point. So sure. They've been mm. working together for a little bit and you know, they had creative freedom as far as I know when they put this album together, but I think they hadn't yet figured out how to bounce off of each other's strengths the way that they would with the following album. So there's really great songs on here and it's got a really cool vibe all the way through. And, and, and it's, and it's an absolute classic, but I just think it's, 
it's missing a lot of the odd, unique qualities that I associate with Outcast. They're 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 a little bit, but it's like they maybe didn't realize that they could go that far, or maybe they were a little bit nervous about it. Like maybe they wanted to first get in with you know the the hip hop crowd first. And then yeah. start being like, oh, by the way, we're fucking weird. And that, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know, but it's just not, it's not as varied or entertaining as what would come after it. Kind of a more understated outcast, if you will. But good thing to remember though, is that they were both like 18, 19 years old when they made this album. Yeah. And insane. Yeah. So they, they both had some evolving to do clearly, but like you think there are so many amazing albums that were done by kids you know like yeah. from a, from a man who's about to turn 45 i look at 18 19 year olds i'm like you're just a bunch of fucking kids but but that age so much great music starts to come out of people around that age and it's you know some people just have it and obviously andre and uh, big boy have it and mm-hmm. had it at the time but I, yeah i just think that I really like this album, but it's almost like if I if or would you like to listen to an Outcast album? Sure. Here's these other ones. Would you like to listen to a gangster rap album from 1994? Yeah. Let's put on Southern Playlist at Cadillac Music because it fits yeah. more in with that vibe. So um, it's a great album, but it had to go at number five for me because the other four, there's so much about these other four albums that just are that make to me make outcast this group that like they're unfuck withable because of the other four albums that we're going to talk about. So, all right. So yeah, that was my number five. And so moving on to your number four. Well, as far as I'm concerned, we have entered full blown unfuck withable territory with this Mm -hmm. album here with my number four pick Stankonia. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. And and like it it looking at their discography, you know, it hurt me to put it here, but there's a reason why I love what I love about the three above it and for, it just so from, happened. From here on out, I apologize if I start busting into doing parts of songs because <laughs> that's perfectly okay. <laughs> I, I felt I, I did that as I was listening to these albums again, because the, these four here, uh, the, the the other ones that, I, that I'm talking about, like I know them so well that like, it's just all these little things that I just know. And I just can't help but like rap along or do the skits along with the skits. Sometimes <laughs> it happens a lot. So, well, as far as I'm concerned, we are in the place coined by Rob Halford the love zone and oh, we we're yeah. we are in the love zone now so i like that i like that song. everybody get in the love zone yeah um intro is uh, a bunch of sex noises and then bouncing uh <laughs> that's that's literally have you noticed like every time we're done with an episode and you're sending the files to me and you go, all right, bouncing. And I always get to do it. We're bouncing. It's like, that's where it, that's where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking ace. I love that. Uh, uh, 
I've just sorry, you've just blown my mind with that. You've said that so many times, and I never put two and two together. Yep, because <laughs> I never explain it. I just go, "We're bouncing." <laughs> God forbid I start moaning. <laughs> um, so yeah, gasoline dreams with oh, Kujo yeah. Goody. Uh, hell yeah, that's burn, a great motherfucker burn. Um, I'm cool interlude. She's cool. Bitch, stay off that blow. <laughs> <laughs> so fresh, so clean. I mean, dude. Ain't catchy is an understatement. Me. I'm just so, so fresh and clean. <laughs> um, yeah. Immediately followed up by Miss Jackson. Yeah. Which is a classic. Their breakthrough. Know? That was like their big breakthrough was that that song. Mm. Sarah, Miss Jackson. I am for real. Nice. Uh Snapping and trapping, featuring Killer Mike and J Sweet. That beat's so fucking weird, but I love it. And and, and so snapping and trapping, for a lot of us, that was our first time hearing Killer Mike. And mm. then short shortly after, he would do solo. I don't know if he had done a solo album at that point, but he would do solo albums, and then all of a sudden become a part of Run the Jewels, which is. Another group that we should fucking do one of these days. But that was yeah. that was my introduction to Kill a Mike right there on that track. And he literally wow. wraps that up with one motherfucking verse and already it's a classic. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I ain't going to lie. It's, it's pretty fucking classic, dude. Damn. <laughs> Like that's that's a mic drop moment for sure. It's like, yeah, I've arrived. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 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 The D F interlude. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah, I put emphasis on the on the little full stops there. Spaghetti Junction is uh, a junction near Birmingham. I fucking hate, so I don't drive anywhere near it. Um, <laughs> oh, we're talking about music. Uh, it's a good song. Yeah, um, yeah. Kim and Cookie in a little. Oh God! Video. Can I do? Can I do? Can I do that one? Go on, do it. <laughs> Whole thing. Okay. Let's, let's, well, I, let's I, hear I'll it. just do that. I'll just do her part because I love her part when she goes. Remember, old boy at the club went home with the motherfucker. I'm thinking I'm finna get my ass toe up, but dick so short came quick. He got his. I didn't get mine. I'm like, fuck. You got yourself a motherfucking minute man, motherfucking minute man. <laughs> anyway, there's more of it, but it's uh. Oh. <laughs> That's I incredible. I, I love that part. Oh man. And the then, interludes and on this, the interludes on this album, there's so many little skits where I just go, I would never remove that from this album. It just gives yeah, me joy every time. You know what? Stuff like that is essential. Like <laughs> if if it if it's like entertaining enough to take up a chunk of an album's runtime, absolutely. But you know, it's yeah. there's some interludes where I'm just like, that could have just been like, you know, stuck on the end of the previous track. Yeah, but uh, yeah, can we? Yeah, we can. Pro I can. I can go on record and say we can stop putting uh, uh, voice messages on albums like that. They're never. They never add anything. <laughs> it's just leave <laughs> off voice messages. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll call before I come. Feet gangsta boo. Just pop over. Oh, rest I'll in peace, gangsta boo. Shit. Yeah, she died. She died recently. Damn. <clears throat> yeah. Rest, rest in peace. Um. And e eco as well is some s sexy fun groovage. Mm -hmm. um, Bombs over Baghdad is an upbeat <gasps> one. 
Choo. The the be- th- that is the best Outcast song in my opinion. Wow. And my memory of that song. So I I, I knew who Outcast were, and Outcast were not huge before Stankonia. They were they were in the hip hop world. They were pretty big, but they weren't like household names. But I remember mm. us sitting up watching MTV in the middle of the night because in the at that point around 2000 in the middle of the night you normally would see music videos. And so I was just probably like getting ready to go to bed or something and then they they play a brand new Outkast video and it's Bombs Over Baghdad. That was the first single off of the album. And I'm just sitting there going like this is the best thing I've ever fucking heard. This is this album's going to be fucking huge. And I hadn't even heard Miss Jackson or anything else yet. It was just the mm. strength of that song that I immediately went to like everyone I knew. I'm like, just wait for this fucking Outkast album. I'm telling you right now. And so uh, I, I love that. I love that fucking song. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, Explosion featuring Be Real. Hell mm-hmm. yeah, Be Real. Yep. Fucking love him. Uh, good hair, a little interlude. Oh, I like these that. hoes. I, can I can I do that one? The good hair. Do it, baby. You got some pretty hair. Oh, you know I got a little Spanish in me, bitch. You ain't Spanish. That's Hawaiian silky. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's so many good ones. Um, there, there's one more that I like, that I like too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna let you do your thing with the interludes. <laughs> All right. We we love these hoes. Featuring Backbone and Big Gip. Mm-hmm. That we do. Yep. Um, Humble Mumble. Erica Debu- Bad- Badu. Sorry. No yeah. Her. Yep. <laughs> Upbeat Funky Number. Uh, Drinking Again is a little interlude. Yeah, there you on, go. Down on, down on your my, luck kind of interlude. My favorite part of that is he goes, they say a computer could do my job better than I could damn do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Every artist right now be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man! I just always um, like how he says a computer. They yeah. say a computer. <laughs> uh, uh, now I don't know how to say this. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's a it's just a question mark in the running order. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say a confused uh, expression. Of my native tongue, hey, <laughs> that's that's or, that's or the uh, confused or, Cornishman, or it could be <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, but those those triplet flows in there, man, jeez, yeah, like, yeah, fuck. Um, Red Velvet is a catchy song. Mm-hmm. Cruising in the ATLs, cruising in the ATL. <laughs> Don't even know why that's that's on there, but it's so great. It's just like a little yeah. thirty second little, <laughs> little song. It's just like you know, if they had a cool little part and they were like, "Well, it's too far to not have one here," but yeah, is it? Is, yeah, just throw it on. <laughs> they were like, it, "We have to nerf this album. There can't be too many good songs." <laughs> um. <laughs> Gangsta shit, you know. We drink yep. Slim Calhoun, Seabone, Mom in a Dungeon Click. Love the 808 cowbell sound, and I love that they used it on a little melody. Um, Toilet Tisha is a dark and very sad song. Like, yeah, yeah. Damn, they, that they, caught me off guard. 
they really do know how to like give you like some whiplash with some songs of like some real fun shit, and then all of a sudden there's like, yeah, we're going deep with this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that like that one really fucked me up, and I was like, oh, damn. It's yeah. like it's like it's like when you're watching an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and then it ends with a really like somber ending. You know, one of one of those like. Like oh, yeah. Will's dad, like Will's dad leaving. Oh, that fuck that episode! I'm never watching yeah. that episode again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there are right. Uh, just going slightly on a little bit of a Fresh Prince tangent, right? All right. The, I think the mark of a great comedy is its ability to make you tear up. Yeah. If you if you can care about characters enough, you've spent so much time laughing with them that you can just whiplash. You, the viewer into bowling their eyes out the way Fresh Prince did a couple of times it, with me. Like, yeah. this like, is I remember, why this is why I simultaneously love and hate Ricky Gervais because he he makes shit where like like the end of the episode I'm like why am I crying so much? Yeah, show <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, it's it's like that the big ones the big ones on my mind right now are. Obviously, Will's dad, because because yeah. of his yeah. legendary breakdown at the end. Uh, then there's the one where Carlton almost dies from drug use, and then oh, yeah. Will, Will gets upset at the end. Yeah, and then there's the one where, uh, damn, there's a couple actually as well. There's the one where Uncle Phil has the heart attack, and Carlton doesn't want to accept it. Yeah, and then what? What's the other one I'm thinking of? Oh, and the one where Will gets shot in that attempted robbery. Yeah, and yeah, like there's just just like there's like one or two every season that leaves you like, fuck, <laughs> like yeah, I can't yeah. really laugh, damn it, <laughs> and now I'm feeling <laughs> something. <laughs> but yeah, um, Slum Beautiful. Featuring and then there was Sheila that one. Green. There was that one where oh. Chris Rock made a joke about Will's wife. <laughs> <laughs> That didn't end very well either, did it? <laughs> my, my, some of my favorite edits are just like <laughs> when they've rearranged the words. Keep fucking my mouth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going and you know, to. And you know, like I, you know, I. That was one of the weirdest moments I've ever seen. To, to mm. the point where, like, I thought for sure for several days that it was staged. And then yeah. realize that it wasn't. And I know I still don't know how I feel about it because I'm if I have to choose a side, I'm on Chris Rock's side. Because, but then again, the joke was bad. So I'm just like, it was a bad <laughs> joke. Will's response was bad. But at the end of the day, they're both dudes that I really love. And 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 to make to make things even better, it's like, you know, as soon as I'm like, ah, is Will Smith just not a good dude? And then he's all like, hey, we're doing Bad Boys 4. And I'm like, all right, Will, I'm back on board. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think he, he I think, you know, just going back to, you know, I can't believe that's like a year ago now. That really messes with me. And it's head. been like two years since we did the DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince discography. Yeah. Which which is an episode that, uh, that our can, listeners can go check out. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, a year, a fucking year, and I, mean, I yeah, it for, for me, I, I'm I wasn't personally involved, so yeah, no, you no. know, I I I still enjoy you know him as a as a as a guy, you know, I th I think he was, I think he had a lapse in judgment. Oh, huge. And, 
Yeah, huge, <laughs> huge, huge lapse in judgment. Um, but I, I think he's, I, th- I think he's turned it around. But here's the, um, here's the thing, though. It, for me, it affected me because those are both like guys I've looked up to since I was really young. Being, hmm. you know, Will Smith being the rapper, and then Chris Rock being from Saturday Night Live. They're both dudes that I've just loved forever. So if it had been somebody else. If it had been like Will Smith slaps Larry the Cable guy, I'd be like, well, fuck yeah, fuck that guy. And I wouldn't care. I never would have thought about it again. But it's just yeah. like the fact that it's those two. I'm just like, oh, why? Why you two? I love you both. But it is what it is. No way. The the fish from Shark Tale just fucking haymaker the z- zebra from madagascar you know it's, that was a weird pull but okay yeah <laughs> it's so funny i just i so many memes of like characters they portrayed just like wailing on each oh. other and just came out of it yeah, yeah. but yeah I, oh, man where were we <laughs> yeah uh, i think we're oh, on you were, uh you were slum beautiful yeah there you go there we are um how ironic is it that we went on a fucking comedy tangent about toilet tissue? <laughs> the most fucked up song. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Slum Beautiful, cool rap from from CeeLo. Mm-hmm. Um, prenup, you know, this made me laugh. Yeah, you know? of course I'll marry you. Sign the prenup. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Stankonia, Stank Love. Oh, featuring yeah. Big Rube and Sleepy Brown. Yeah, it's a sexy closing track. Uh, that's all a, in all. That's, that's, I love the, the psychedelic tone of that fucking song. It is. Yeah. It is, it is off the wall. And then how it ends with it slowing down and it's just the voice going, Strank low. God, that is, that is yeah. weird ass shit. I love it. Well, I was thinking the same at the, you know, when it started doing that, I was like, holy shit. They did a Black Diamond. You know, <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. slowed the whole thing down. Yep. To this day, I will maintain that Kiss invented doom. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> on that, that song. Yeah. Killer stuff. Anyway, uh, that's Stankonia. For for me, uh, in at no, at the number four placement, uh, over over to you. Number cool, four. Uh, not not my number four. My number four is the nineteen ninety six album AT Aliens, which Ooh. is to me the first real Outcast album where they just if 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 you are not into Outcast and don't know much and you want to like have a good place to start. I would say AT Aliens is a good place to start because it's got enough just sort of straightforward hip hop, but at the same time they get a little bit off the wall and um, there's a lot of classic tunes on it. And it's just, you know, they got more interesting and engaging and and not only just in the sounds, but in the performances, everything just got turned up. Um, and uh, it's just a, it's a fucking fun album. Um, hmm. It's got an infectious energy. It's got just really smooth bangers and, and, and all, and I don't know, it's got so much going for it. I do think, I, mean, I put it at number four cause I think that the guys are still kind of coming into their own, but it's a huge step. Like it, to me, it's like a kill them all to ride the lightning 
yeah. step for me from Southern Playlistic to AT Aliens. Mm. And the thing that listening to them from beginning to end, the thing that is very apparent to me is that the whole first album, the beats are pretty much totally produced by organized noise, which was a group of producers that they worked with. But then on AT aliens, they start producing their own stuff and you can tell that they don't really need organized noise. And as the albums go on, there's less and less of those guys being involved. Mm. And honestly, organized noise that the probably I might be wrong, but the the biggest track that they ever produced was Waterfalls by TLC. And if you listen to the beat for Waterfalls, it sounds like so many beats that they made all just sound kind of <laughs> like that beat. So I'm like, yeah, they had some cool other ideas, too. But for the most hmm. part, it was just that beat would do and then a little wah wah on the guitar. Wow, wow. There'd be that going on. It's like they did a lot of the same sort of shit. So, you know, but kudos to them for being a part of the outcast story. But it's very clear that Andre and um, Antoine do not need other people. They just need each other. And so, um, yeah, um, the, 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 the only other thing about this album I could say, even though it's got so many bangers on it, it does lose a little bit of steamer on the middle. Um, but... Yeah, it for 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 what it offers, that doesn't bother me that much because it's such a huge step forward for them. And, and overall, I I don't think there'd necessarily be a song I would skip. I just think that there are s- strong songs, and then there are songs that are pretty good. And so, I don't really have much else to add for this. But my number four is At Aliens from 1996. Nice, cool. So we have entered. The number three slot, the bronze medal. And uh, my number three pick is Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music. All right. Or, sorry, Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music. That's the proper pronunciation. From far and wide. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, you know, this very much feels of its time. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's that, you know, early to mid 90s gangster rap vibe. Yep. Um, and, you know, me growing up listening to, you know, the GTA radio stations, this feels like something that could have been on the Radio Los Santos station. Oh, and they really I'm, they could have just played this entire album through that game. <laughs> yeah, because because like this definitely has a distinct you know even though they're you know from the south and it does have their southern flavor on it there is a strong west east and west coast influence on the sound of this album like you said Mm. they were they had yet to fully come into their own and it is very much like the jump from kill them all to ride the lightning that's a really good you know analogy for when a band takes a significant step up in their yeah. identity with their second album. Um, you know, Peaches, the intro track, uh, <laughs> ironically leads into my intro to let you know, uh, you know, it's a cool foreboding track that leads rather nicely into Ain't No Thang, but a chicken wing. And it it has that Snoop Dogg-esque delivery on it, you know, yeah. that I 
fucking adore about this era of hip hop. So for for me, I was like, it's not outcast doing outcast, but it's outcast doing a style of hip hop that I would probably consider my favorite era of, you know, the genre. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Atlanta, you know, is, you know, a little interlude simulating a flight over Atlanta, which is a nice little, you know, reference to where they're coming from. Uh, Southern playlist to kind of like music. Thank mm-hmm. God for copy and paste, because I was not going to type that again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Call of the Wild, Spooky Chorus, Player's Ball, Gangster Vibage, Claiming True, same goes here. Uh, Club Donkey Ass as <laughs> a sexy, <laughs> sexy little interlude. Uh, funky Ride, always love the 808 cowbell sound and a guitar solo and sax. Uh, <laughs> Flim Flam, it's got some, you know, haggling. Uh, get Up, Get Out is a motivational track. True Dat, right on to the real. Death to the Fakers, hell yeah. Crumbling Herb is super catchy. Hootie Who. The baseline reminds me of Billie Jean. Cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, deep or otherwise. D. E. E. P. Great vibes. Uh, Players Ball, great closer. All in all, had a great time listening to it. I love the old school feel. Love yeah. love that kind of early 90s hip hop feel. And t- to me, you know, this, I love on an equal plane to Stankonia. My three and four spot are interchangeable. But, you know, with that, they would find their own identity and hit back with a confidence that is just insanely high quality on the on the follow-up and the follow-up to that one. So yeah. with that, my, my little love letter to Southern Playlistic, back over to you. Cool. Uh, my number three, you already talked about it. Speaker box slash the love below from 2003. Okay. Um, I've always referred to this as the hip hop white album hmm. because the white album was like the Beatles all kind of separately making songs. And then they just randomly put them together in an album. Number nine. Yeah. And then they, <laughs> it's, that's something exactly <laughs> like it. We're going to get a copyright Number strike. Nine? No, we, don't, we can't do that. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, and 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 just like the White Album, I think the White Album could have been so much better as like one album. So maybe we should do a slash to mash White Album someday because I think that could have been totally. a tight one album thing that could have blown everybody away. But um, that being said, like I said earlier, like this was to me the next logical step for them. They had done. They had made their album that had broken through to the mainstream and they'd become huge. And so they then did the, the a bigger thing, which is each of them doing their own side of things. And I like that they did it, but there's also negatives to them doing that. Because the, the one thing that I always leave this album thinking it's, oh, they I think they really need each other. Um, Hmm. one of them needs the other one less and it's not what you're thinking probably, but so we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. So the speaker box to me is the superior half of the album, even though from a 
experimental and just sort of out there way the love below has more to talk about i guess Hmm. but speaker box is for the most part a really tight collection of songs not all killer but definitely no filler on this side yeah and while andre is more experimental and eclectic there's a more enjoyable energy to big boys half and more memorable songs yeah you get to the love below half which has always been the second half to me because when it came out it was two cds but the front cover was speaker box and so it always you felt you listen to speaker box first then you listen to love below but by the time you get to love below even even with songs like hey ya and roses which are just you know two of the biggest from this album they love below has so much less staying power with mm. the actual tracks after a while, especially now, you know, I've heard it many, many times and listening to it again with a more critical mindset, it's almost like it's a whole bunch of interesting tracks, not necessarily great songs. So yeah. that's the downfall here is I think that, Andre had a lot of cool ideas and he's very ambitious, but I think in order to make that entertaining big boy needs to be there to sort of ground him a little bit. Same thing with yeah. Andre needs to be there for big boy to be like, Hey, we could make this more interesting. So I really think that the two of them together are what made outcast at their best. So fucking good because them together made this incredible combination. But if you're listening to these albums back to back, I feel like big boy is mm-hmm. able to hold his own and still make a great album. Andre's a little bit too out there, but I think that mm-hmm. there's a different audience for that. So I think that there are those of us who are hip hop fans who love speaker box Then there are those people who are like the music critics who listen to some hip hop, but they also write reviews about jazz albums. They're the ones that are going to hear Love Below and be like, oh, these are the interesting things that are happening in here. But those people are so far removed from what actually makes music entertaining. They you you can only rip things apart so much before there's no song left. And so being able to fit right in the middle is 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 to me. And that's just because it's a personal preference. Like I want music that's going to make my brain work but at the same time hit that other part of my brain that's the pleasure zone though both of those things together are what make great music for me and so i just i i wouldn't like we're going to do a, a slashed and mashed for this album and i and i think we can make a fucking killer album out of it but yeah. that being said this album being what it is, I don't think anything should be changed. I would never go to them and go, do that again, only do it as one album. Because I think the the thing that makes Outkast stand out is the fact that they did something like this. Yeah. And, and were very fucking successful with it. Very. Like, they were huge and got even bigger. And so... <laughs> 
you know, it, it, the my gripes about it are all just sort of comparing it to the next two albums that I'm going to be talking about, because, yeah, there's we've got two completely unfuckwithable mm. albums to talk about after this, and but at the same time, I love ambition. I love ambitious projects. I love it when groups do stuff you don't quite expect or throw things out there that um, are more of a uh, um, uh, sh- uh, swinging for the fences with something that isn't necessarily a sure thing. And um, that's why I really like this album and wh- another one of the reasons why Outkast is a fucking amazing group. So anyway, that being said, we're go- going to the top two, which we have to... We have the, the we don't have the same top two, but it will be interesting to find out if we have the same number two or number one. I don't know. Mm. We'll find out. So let's move on <clears throat> to the number two outcast album from Mr. Cool. Eddie Sparks. That is me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, so my number two is AT Aliens. All right. Um, this really is where Outcast becomes Outcast. You know, they coming off of the heels of being booed at the what was it? It was like a newcomer award for like something, and they were booed on stage because they were yeah. from somewhere that wasn't the east or west coast. So they were like, ah, well, now you've they, charged he, us he, up with that he, energy. Yeah, and he he uh, Andre's I think classic line was the South's got something to say. I think yeah. that's one of, one of his lines that he said. And like, I mean, they did, and the, you know, there's yeah. And like, here's the thing that I feel like that really charged him up for this next one because they come out swinging. You know, yeah. you got you may die is an intro, and then you got two dope boys in the cat. Oh yeah, great, <clears throat> great yes. fucking song. Sorry, I, I I didn't do that properly. Two dope boys in a Cadillac. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, AT Aliens. Um, that no, bass line. your hands in the air. air. And wave them like wave you just, them don't, like you care. just don't care. And if you like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking great. Great stuff. Um, Wheels of Steel, not to be confused with the 1988 Saxon song of the same name. <laughs> Solid vibes. Uh, <laughs> or, that's like or the third a, one a, this a number episode. Of eight, a number of 80s hip-hop songs that were called Wheels <laughs> of Steel. <laughs> but yeah, oh man. Uh, Jazzy Bell, love the lady vocals on this. Elevators. Me, Me and, you. and you, your mama and your cousin too, too. rolling on the strip on crones, growing up slamming Cadillac dolls. Mm. Yes. All right. Agreed. <laughs> I, tried, I, did, I tried my best. <laughs> uh, over the woods, sparse yet hype. Um, Babylon, smooth. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Wayland is this like short and sweet thing. Mainstream is a great song. Uh, Decatur Psalm, sneaky kind of beat going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Millennium, rhymes. All I got to say. Yeah. Uh, ET, 
extraterrestrial, is a movie directed by Steven Spielberg from 1982. Not oh. to be confused with The <laughs> Outcastle. <laughs> the Outcastle. <laughs> uh, and uh, 13th Floor slash Growing Old. It's a chill kind of closer. There's a little remix at the end, too, that um, is on the original album, I, I believe. You know, yep. C- yep. CD era, you know, they started sticking stuff like that on. Um, but yeah, it's a big step up in carving their own identity. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they would only further, they would take that further on the, on the, on the next release, which I will be talking about soon. Um, yeah, I'll be talking about it now because my number two hey. is Aquimini from 1998. So we, so we have we did not match up on anything except number six. And wow. So, um, but yeah, Aquimini is an absolute classic. It is Dre and and Big Boy more in control, yes. and more experimental, expanding their sound. And it feels like the more that they're given control or taking control of their music, the more the energy just comes across. And the the it's such a fun vibe of just you know what the fuck's this going to sound like? It doesn't matter. Let's fucking give it a shot. And yeah. um, I just I love that about this album. The, this album is an absolute journey of an album and a very enjoyable journey. It there's just. Yeah, it's this one's a hard one to talk about just because it's got so there's so much about it that is impressive and in a way that I would never like there's some hip hop that I love and I go, I think I I could probably do that. Not the rapping part, but musically, I could throw something together that sounded like that. But you get to albums like a Quim and I and I go, nah, no, no way. I don't I wouldn't even know where to begin. And um, so that's what makes it great to me is like hearing these sounds and so much of of Aquimini and Stankonia. You listen to those albums in headphones. There's yeah. so much fucking around with sounds that just happened in one speaker way over here at some point. Sometimes it's a back and forth thing. There's so much sort of psychedelic experimentation with the sounds in ways that first time around you may not hear it if you're listening to the vocals or the hooks or whatever, mm-hmm. then you get more into it and you're just like, holy fuck, these dudes were just insane with what they were trying to do with the beats and everything. And on top of that, the the song um, Spodiote Dopalicious mm. is, uh, was the soundtrack to many late night drives for me in the early 2000s. Like it almost became like part of a ritual where like yeah. the, the the end the end of the night partying would be over and I would get in my car and I would crank up Spodiote Dopalicious yeah and just drive windows down driving home like that was like yeah. I was just like nah there's no other song I need to listen to right now it's just this one and yeah, um, yeah. so Quim and I is a fucking classic. And um, it only comes in at number two because they made an even more classicer album where they managed to carry over the, the fucking amazing experimentation and make a mainstream success, which mm. who the fuck, how many artists have done that? But we'll get to that album. My number two, Aquimini from 1998. Nice. I'm going to jump straight off at that because Aquimini is my number one. 
Hell yeah. I cannot argue with this number one at all. At, at mm-hmm. all. It's one of those... This is one of those rankings where, like, maybe barring a couple of spots, any ranking makes sense. Because yeah. it's, all, it's all killer stuff, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Hold On, Be Strong is this vibey intro. Return of the G, great opener, dark hip-hop yeah. kind of feel. Rosa Parks has a fun chorus to it. Skew it on the Barbie. Feet Raekwon. Old school players to new school fools. Cats keep mm. it jumping like kangaroos. To so skew it mm. on the Barbie, we ain't trying to lose. Said I be goddamn, I didn't change the rules. Mm. Third catchy ass song in a row. This is when I. Damn. This is when I get. This is like the only time I get to rap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing a fantastic job. Why? Thank you. There you go. Aquemini vibes galore. Yep. Synthesizer featuring George Clinton. <laughs> yep. Like. And I'm yep. I'm just gonna say this: the George Clinton feature was just, oh yeah, ah, oh yeah, beautiful. Uh, slump, yet another catchy banger. Uh, baby noises do always tend to give me anxiety, though. So if I have one, if I have one gripe about this album, like <laughs> I don't know what it is. You, it's just you are baby not no- a t- you are not a Timberland fan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it, yeah, it's just like the baby noises always tend to give me a. Oh, oh. I don't know what it is. I I don't know if it's because my birth was kind of a traumatic experience, like <laughs> almost fucking died. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's probably some deep rooted thing. Uh, West Savannah, love that beat. Mm-hmm. Um, the art of storytelling, part one. Really admire the ability to rattle off rhymes the way they do. Like yeah, I want. You know, I genuinely wouldn't know where to begin. Sometimes I tried, I tried to string. Yeah, look, look, see that? I tried to string a sentence together at a normal talking speed, right? These that guys is are why perfectly. We are not rappers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I keep my mouth shut and hit things. That thing behind me there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the art of storytelling, part two, is just another good one. Yeah. Mamacita. I like the female vocals on this one. Yeah. Um, Spodiodi Dopalicious. Chilled yeah. funk vibes, man. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm with you on the night drive thing. Yeah. There are some songs just hit different, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Y'all Scared, Feet, Timo, Big Gap, and Kuja. Cool song. Uh, Nathaniel, phone call sound and rap sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, Liberation. With Silo. Great stuff. Chonky Fire, strong closer. Great stuff. Goddamn. Goddamn, yeah. dude. Like yeah. when when I heard this album, it was one of those where has this been? No oh, my yeah. life. Like, yeah. cause, you know, I'll be honest, like until we did this, I was I was I was a hits guy. Like like Green Day, like we did Green Day. Mm-hmm. I always knew the big songs, but I'd never like listened to full albums. And yeah. I was just so enthralled and impressed with everything i heard this time around like this has made me an outcast fan this this outing that we have done you know initially i was like well you know i'll give it a go see see if i have an itch to return to it and like yeah for my top picks dude i can't fucking wait to listen to it all again you know especially aquamanai 
But well, that, and I, yeah. well, I'm pretty sure that the Hey Ya is their most popular song, right? Like I think Spotify mm-hmm. spins wise. So that that that's that does them a little bit of a disservice because if people that's the song they know, I'd be like, ah, that's not really outcast. It's misrepresentative, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. It it is. I mean it's an amazing song, but it's not it's not exactly what I would say defines them. What, what what I would say defines them is their 2000 album Stankonia, which is my number one. Yeah. And this is, uh, was a huge breakthrough for them. One of those, one of those, I told you so moments in my life where I told all of my friends, this album was going to be huge. And it was because sometimes I know things, um, but um, it just got so many classic songs on it. And it literally takes what they did with Equimini and steps it up a notch where they're they're literally like, well, we can still make this experimental and enjoyable hip hop, but also make some fucking hits as at, at the same time. And um, it's just a, like a really fun, varied, innovative hip hop album and a further expansion of their sound. Really like the the ultimate, you know, out of the outcast sound is on here. Um, and they just, they just nail it. Like every single part of this album to me, they nail what they're trying to do. Just even, even on, even the fact that most of the time when I listen to an album and there is a skit, I will end up skipping it. They put together an album that has several skits and I, they are an, absolutely essential to the album in my opinion and yeah i just think that that stankonia is just such a perfect album and one of those few examples of something that is ambitious and interesting that actually becomes popular and once again i was hoping that there'd be way more hip-hop that pushed boundaries and there is Hmm. Just not a lot of it and not a lot that is popular. And so, yeah, you know, the, the I guess once you do albums like Equimini and Stankonia, who can improve on that really, I guess? And so, you know, there's not really much further that you can go. But, yeah, I just really... Stankonia is the only one of theirs that I actually have on vinyl. I actually have an original vinyl from 2000. I just didn't bring it out because I'm just like, ah, eh, fuck it. I, but... um. And uh, but I but they they are like to me they should be in the list of the best hip hop groups ever. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I just think their shit is so good, and I I don't I struggle with the idea of them getting back together and doing something else because <laughs> is it going to be good? Should we leave it where it is, hmm. or not? But. I'm a big enough fan where I'm interested to at least hear what they're going to do. So it's a real, it's, it's, it's a, it's a touchy subject. Cause I'm all like, eh, I don't know. But at the same time I go, they could end up coming out with something that just fucking blows me away because I, I yeah. kind of want to hear, you know, 45, 50 year old outcast, what, what would, what they would bring to the table now. Cause neither one of them have done a whole lot since then, you know, like the one big thing for me that I know is that big boy did an album with the group Fanagram that was mm. called big grams. And that's actually really good. Fanagram's a great group. Um, that's a duo really, but it's like a, a 
what would you call that? Indie electronic pop music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really good. Wow. But they did an album with Big Boy called Big Grams, and that's that's a great album. But for Andre, I feel like Andre's put out like singles maybe or been on other people's albums, but I don't think he's done anything since then. He's I mean, I don't I mean I might be wrong. Put, you know, put it in the comments or whatever if there's if he's done an album, because I don't think he did. But anyway, um yeah, Stankonia my number one. So uh nice. oh, so we got we gotta we gotta give the salute or the celebration to Outcast. Three, two, one, yeah! Yeah! We did, we did it! All right, nice. there we go. Outcast ranked. But as we alluded to earlier in the episode, um, the Outcast they are to be fund, slashed and mashed. Yeah, the Outcast uh, love is not over. We have another episode coming next week, which will be slashed and mashed, speaker box, and the love below, which is going to be interesting because I I went into it thinking I'll probably slash a whole bunch of uh, big boys and keep a whole bunch of of uh, Andres. But now that I'm list- I listen to it again, I go, <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's necessarily what we need to do. But, you know, we're, we're essentially, I mean, at the end of the day, they're both double albums on their own. <laughs> the length of yeah. them, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be taking like a massive amount of music and then narrowing it down to a still pretty fucking substantial amount of music. Um, I think what, what we'll have to do is we'll, we'll have to cut it down to the runtime of about the length of a single disc. So 80 minutes it has to be under 80 minutes. Yeah. I think that'll be the way to do it. Okay. Cool. Um, so that'll be that'll be next week, and that'll be interesting. And um, you'd still yeah. need like four LPs to play it vinyl. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that yeah, that, so that'll be that'll be an interesting discussion and a fun. That'll be a fun episode. Plus, it'll be that's next weekend's my birthday weekend, so we'll be doing. Hey, it. I'll I'll be in party mode, so I'll probably be a little loose. Hey. We'll see. I might smoke smoke a spleef. I don't have any. I don't have any <laughs> weed. Anyway, so yeah, that was uh that was Outcast mm. out uh, the the ranking, and um that was God, that was great, and always good to get some hip hop on this show, and I don't even know where we would go from there as hip hop, but don't worry. After after our second Outcast episode, we are, um, I think we're back into metal. Fuck, I don't Let's remember ha- what we're doing. Allow me to consult the uh, the schedule on the fly. You get you guys get to see and a look into. Our- as I as I tell everybody, when somebody says, "Are you going to do this artist?" and I go, "Yes, it's on the list," and that is a very long list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is a very long list of shit that we are going to be doing, and so it just depends on where it falls into it, where where the wind blows us or mm. take something. Hey man, <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 don't, without giving anything away, what's the genre of the next episode? La da da da. That was the next next episode. Uh, so so the next episode following the upcoming outcast slashed and mashed. Uh, you know what? It starts with a Q, and I'm gonna leave it there. Kind of, okay. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're Three gonna be words. doing uh, we're gonna be doing Q tip 
No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a two parter as well. So there's a lot I, to I, chew on. I love you know how what? I love how you said the letter Q, and that pretty much narrows it down to two artists that it could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it, I'm gonna go one step. I'm gonna go one step further. It, they both have, both bands, have Queen in it. <laughs> He's not but, wrong. There are two it, bands that have the word Queen in them that I can and, think uh, of. The one is slightly heavier, uh, very, very much heavier. Uh, and that is that will be the one. Oh, we're doing fucking queens, right? Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's just for the peanut butter platypuses that made it yes. all the way through the Outcast episode to find out we're doing queens, right? Who the fuck? Yeah. Who's that, that? Is that is our core audience? The people that I want listening to our stuff are the ones that care about Outcast and Queens, right? In the same way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we weed out the weak man. Like yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's that's the ending of this episode. Uh, join us next week for our Outcast Slashed and Mashed. It'll be a fun one, and uh, until then, as usual, I'm going to throw it over to Mr. Eddie Sparks to take us out. Later, dude. Oh, uh, quick plug, actually, real quick. Uh, don't shake it like a Polaroid picture. Yeah, yeah, don't fucking do that shit. We don't like that. Um, yeah, the uh, my band Sage has released a single. Yes, and it's called it, it's called Sick. And if you search it in, type in Sick and then Sage with two asterisks either side of Sage because apparently there were too many people on Spotify called Sage. So we just stuck a little punctuation on there. Um, but yeah, song's called Sick. Uh, band is called Sage with two asterisks, uh, one either you, side. You, <laughs> how did you distribute it? Well, who's the who's we, the distributor? We went through DistroKid. Okay, go. Uh, you can get the DistroKid link that actually links to whatever player everybody has. And if you want to oh. send me send me that link, and then I'll put it in the description of the video. Well, and Cal- send, Callum. Callum's the guy that has it, so I will. Yeah, tell him. Tell him to, to. You can go get. I think it's called a hyperfollow or something, and you can get that link. And then literally, nice. you click it, and it'll go open it in whatever service you use. So um, nice. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we'll do that. So go click the link. If, if if I was able to get it, it will be in the description. Go listen to Sage and their uh, their debut I thought- single. I forgot that we weren't live there for a sec. I had a moment where I was like, shit, I'm going to miss my opportunity. And then it was like, oh, oh yeah, we're no one's hearing this yet. <laughs> no, nah, not yet. But uh, those of you, yeah, anyway, that was the, <laughs> oh, this is the longest outro ever. Yeah. Um, so so it, we'll just, just throw in a later dude and we'll get out of here. Later dude. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs>